Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. So we're all watching the events in the Middle East and we're all aware that there's great upheaval and there are riots and there are killings and there's the war in Libya and of course the revolution that's happened in Egypt. And, and I imagine that many of us have no more facts than we actually understand uh, just from what we see in the press. But there's a backstory to what's happening in the Middle East that I want to talk about just for a few moments. And it's, it's so important to our world um, that I think it's important to talk about it now. It's probably not something you're going to be hearing from uh, the press, uh, from the main cable shows, uh, but it is a trend that is so defining in our world. It affects politics, it affects culture, uh, it affects religion. Uh, it's so defining in our world um, that I think it's very, very important to talk about right now. And I also need to say it's not the kind of thing uh, that most Americans think about, but it's it's basically the category of demographics. The demographics, of course, is the study of people, the numbers of people, where people live, that kind of thing. It's the big boy word for basically, you know, where group populations live and how many of them there are and things of that nature. And one of the big factors in our society today is what, what, what you would call it a, a major demographic trend. And that is that the world, and especially the nations that are in the news, are getting younger. Uh, these nations are getting younger. Let me just give you an example. Um, because the West has valued abortion and has valued small families, the West is aging, and it's aging dramatically. And I cannot emphasize enough how much this is going to shape our history. Uh, so, for example, the median age in the United States is 38. Now, that, that statistic alone may not mean very much to you. The median age in the United Kingdom is 40. But because the Muslim world has had wars, admittedly, that's part of the issue, and, and an older generation has, has died in many countries, but also because they believe in large families by virtue of their Muslim faith, and they do not believe in abortion. In the Middle East, you would be astonished at the median ages in the countries that we're looking at. Uh, for example, in Egypt, uh, the median age is 24. Again, compare that to the median age being 38 in the United States. So you have a very young, largely male populace on the streets uh, who are engaged in kind of a generational struggle with the older crowd. Let me give you an example. Hosni Mubarak, the former ruler slash president of Egypt, uh, was in his 80s. Uh, whereas the crowd, the average median age of the young males on the streets who are rioting and leading the revolution, again, are approximately 24. So what you have going really in Egypt is a generational struggle. The younger ones tend to be a little less religious. They tend to be a little more oriented towards the West. Um, they tend to feel economically disadvantaged. Um, they tend to look at, they love their country. They're very patriotic. They're the crazies who are chanting like, like nutcases at the World Cup or you know, wearing their nation's flag on a t-shirt and so on. They, they, they love their country. 
but they are really disillusioned at their own economic prospects and uh, weary of the aged crowd that's ruling the country. So again, 24-year-old protester on the street trying to oust the 80-some-year-old Hosni Mubarak. Um, that's the dynamic that was doing a lot of the, really behind the headlines there uh, in Egypt. The average age in uh, Iran is 26. The median age in Iran is 26. Whereas those mullahs that you see uh, following after the Ayatollah Khomeini, they're all in their 70s and 80s. Again, you have a generational struggle between an older crowd that in, that in this case, in the case of Iran, is, is more Islamic, um, but a younger crowd, less Islamic, slightly more Western aware, if not Western sympathetic, and definitely wanting greater democracy, more internet freedom, more information freedom, etc., we could go on and on with these examples. Uh, in the Philippines, I realize we're not in the Middle East, but still in the Philippines, the average age, the median age is 22. And so what I'm saying is that we are going to continue to have tremendous uh, shifts in many nations of the world, uh, largely through these demographic tensions. And in the Middle East, it's more pronounced because they've had wars that have killed off a, a, a tier of, of certain age groups. Um, they don't believe in abortion, as I've said, and they, they, they do believe in large families. So one area of tension is going to be um, between the young and the old in the Middle East, and then also in Asia, this is going to be a factor. You'll find some of the same demographic trends in most other Asian countries, except for China, because China has that one-child policy that tends to uh, kind of deform the population charts. So the first tension point is going to be between the young and old in the Middle East, and we're going to continue to see this playing out, and that's a lot of what's going on behind the scenes. Young, um, largely males who feel economically disadvantaged, wanting the older crowd to get out of the way, let them have democracy, let them connect with the rest of the world, let them have economic opportunity. Uh, then you're going to have a tension point between the Middle East and the West. Uh, again, the West is aging. Uh, I, could, I could overstate it by saying the West is aborting itself to death, but that would be somewhat overstated. The West is also growing itself to death in the sense that um, it's, uh, it's uh, only allowing small families. And in, in the West, families tend to be dramatically smaller than they are in the rest of the world. So you're now going to have tensions between East and West. Look what's happening in England. Uh, in England, the, the replacement population, and I guess I should take a moment and explain this, you have to have a population in a country of 2.1, I'm sorry, you have to have a birth rate in a country of 2.1 to, to maintain your population rate, just to maintain your population numbers. Well, most Western countries have a birth rate dramatically below that. Uh, so in England, it's about 1.2. Well, that means the traditional population of England, which obviously means white Britons, um, are not reproducing at a rapid enough rate to maintain their population. At the same time, England's immigration policy, one of the most uh, unusual in the world, uh, is welcoming people from the Middle East at a dramatic rate. And then, of course, uh, those from the Middle East don't practice abortion and have large families. So what's happening is the, the, the immigrants into England from the Middle East are basically outgrowing, and I, I guess I could use the phrase crowding out, the traditional population. Um, it will not be that surprising if in our lifetimes, meaning in the next 20, 30, 40 years, um, the Muslims of England request portions of the country in which to practice Sharia, which is their version of law. And that is the goal of Islam, by the way, is to practice Sharia and have a society organized around Islamic principles. Well, already in England, 
Sharia is an officially recognized legal system under British law, and already uh, Prince Charles is in favor of that process of Sharia and is in favor of portions of the country uh, being given over to Muslim rule. So I think what you'll have probably in our lifetimes is an England that is at least partitioned and in the lifetimes of our children and grandchildren, uh, an England that has gone away so far as the traditional population is concerned. Now, what I'm saying is not politically motivated. I could say this if I was a Muslim. Uh, I could say this if I was a, a British liberal. Um, the reality is that, it, that the age dynamics of our current generation are going to dramatically change history. In 50 years, the average Italian living in Italy will not have an aunt, an uncle, a brother, or a sister. Uh, and the reason for that is the emphasis on small families. Well, obviously that means there's not a replacement population. And obviously that means that as uh, people largely from the Middle East, since Italy is right there uh, in the Mediterranean, um, move into Italy, uh, Muslims who reproduce dramatically don't practice abortion and, and obviously are looking for the greater opportunities of Western Europe. Uh, will begin to crowd out the traditional population. This is just the dynamic that we have. I should say quickly, in the United States, we have just at 2.1 birth rate, but that's largely because of Hispanics. Uh, Hispanics have five times the birth rates of whites, uh, and uh, whereas blacks, of course, have double the birth rates of whites. So uh, if you're listening to this, find a Hispanic and hug them because they're the only reason that we are really maintaining a, a birth rate in the United States. So all of these statistics... Uh, may be a bit overwhelming, but what they show us, what they reveal, is that a lot of what's happening behind the headlines, particularly in the Middle East, is not about Sunni versus Shiite versus Wahhabi, different schools of Islam. It's not about uh, Israel, for example, primarily. That certainly wasn't the case in Egypt. It's not about some of the flashpoints that we've had for years. What's happening now um, is that you have a young tribe in huge numbers coming online, exerting themselves politically uh, and trying to refashion their nations. And our politics need to understand that. Our, our leaders need to understand that. Um, those in, in ministry and working in religion need to understand that. And obviously those in business need to understand that because we are going to have massive markets opening up around the world as these young tribes push for greater democracy. Mm -hmm.